Hi, I'm Terry, Instagram's sassy sober mum. Welcome to my podcast, Sober Stories from Everyday People, bringing you stories from people just like you and I. The aim of this podcast is to share our experiences with drinking and how we got and stayed successfully sober. everyone. I just wanted to quickly jump in here and mention that there is a way for you to support me keeping this podcast and all my other free resources going by donating a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash sassy sober mum. Helping people is a huge passion project for me and as my audience grows, I'm understandably spending more time helping people, replying to messages, creating and updating content and building this podcast. All donations are gratefully received and they really go a long way towards covering costs like my Zoom license, my hosting fees, managing my website and not to mention my time. So if any of you are loving the continued content and wish to support me, please feel free to buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash sassysobermum. Or you can click the link in the bio section of my Insta page and find a button there to buy me a coffee. Thank you. And now let's get stuck into this week's podcast. Hello. Welcome to this episode of Sober Stories from Everyday People. Today I have Sally from Derbyshire and she's been sober, it's actually three years next month, which is for those of you that are listening in the future, next month is November. Um, But yeah, on the 12th of November, that's absolutely amazing, Sally. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to see you. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Um, So let's get stuck in. Tell us a bit about yourself. So uh, my name's Sally Barnett. Um, I am 40 plus and a bit. I won't (laughs) tell you that age, but technically I've not celebrated one of the birthdays because it was during COVID, so we'll just stick with the 40. Um, so yeah, um, I am 40 plus. Um, I am a mum of one. Uh, he's 22. Um, I'm married. I come from Derbyshire, uh, High Peak, uh, so up north. And yes, I will be celebrating my three-year sobriety birthday next month. Oh, I love it. Have you got anything planned? for that how are you celebrating I was thinking about this the other day um and I think the last so the the, my first birthday I had lots of cake lots of cake lots of balloons that kind of thing and then the second birthday I went out for lunch with friends kind of very tame so this year I'm thinking three years I want to do something quite quite cool um and exciting um but and someone mentioned oh why don't you do all this um skinny dipping and all that and I'm like Oh no, that's not for me. So I am something exciting, but I'm not not quite sure sure yet. But I'm sure it will involve cake again. Uh, yeah. uh, definitely a big big thing. Um, when I gave up sobriety, it definitely helped. So I'm sure that will make an appearance. But yeah, I'll definitely be celebrating it. Um, massive milestone. So I think everybody should celebrate um, these little milestones. So yeah, so definitely be having some fun on that day. I completely agree with you. Um, I love celebrating the milestones. Um, I just think it's such a big achievement, to be honest, not drinking, <laughs> that it's just worth, yeah, having a special day. And and also, um, I don't know about you, but just that reflection. Whenever yeah. I get to Soberversary, I, I always have that sort of period of reflection and I do feel really grateful that I've that I've that I've achieved this, you know, it is an achievement. It feels big. It's, it's one of the biggest things I've ever done, I think. Yeah, exactly the same. Um, I pretty much from day one of going sober, um, I celebrated, you know, uh, twenty four hours, you know, forty eight hours a week. 
a month. And, and I've literally still gone every day, looked at my phone, you know, oh, yeah, however money, 500 days. Um, and, you know, to some people, it, it may not seem a, a lot, oh, you know, 500 days, whatever. Um, but to that person and to me, it's massive. Yeah. You know, from looking right at the beginning, um, I didn't think I could go, you know, 24 hours without a drink. So for me to go that far is, so I will celebrate those milestones. Um, and I say to people, I'm like the queen, so I have two birthdays, you know, as my, <laughs> my normal one and then my sobriety birthday. So I get extra presents. <laughs> that is brilliant. I love that. Um, so let's talk about your relationship with alcohol. Um mm. Yeah, just describe your life with it. What was it like? Yeah, the the, the drink thing. So uh, my story um, is sort of. I mean, we all have stories. Don't get don't get me wrong. We all have a reason why you know we hit our rock bottom. Some some hit a rock bottom. Some don't. Um, but a lot of mine does go back to my um, my childhood. Um, and I had you know the what I thought was a normal happy, happy life. You know. You know, I had siblings, I had the perfect family. Um, and then just before high school, um, I was actually um, told that um, I was adopted and that my um, my mum had actually died when I was little. Oh. And family, my normal, that I thought was normal, it wasn't. So as you can imagine, that age, going up to high school, you and I was basically told this story and back then, because, you know, you're talking a long time ago now, um, talking 30-odd years ago, um, I was literally told the story, given the information, but not able to process it. Yeah. So, obviously, not able to share my emotions, not able to talk to anybody, and literally just got told the information, that was it. So, mm. obviously, you can imagine you're going up to high school, and then, obviously, peer pressure. Obviously, uh, when I got to about 13, 14, it was that, People used to drink behind, you know, the the sports halls, things like that. You know, you'd have the other fag. Mm. And it, that was when I was kind of first introduced to drink. Um, and again, it, it was just a sort of uh, peer pressure. But at the time, I had so many emotions and uh, anger and thoughts and um my obviously my mental health was, was was going down that that's literally I thought, right, well, this drink thing's quite good, it kind of knocks it out. So that was initially my first first introduction to drink. Um, and then obviously when I got to a teen, it kind of got worse, um, started to self-harm um, a lot. And again, the, the drink was just that thing that you could use to, to knock it out, knock away the pain. Um, and it then, like I say, continued. Um, uh, I, met, I mean, I met a lovely guy, I met, I met my, my now husband, um, who we've been married 21 years um, in December, um, but I fell pregnant and my mental health wasn't good, um, but I obviously had the baby, got postnatal depression, continued to drink, um, I did, and I mean, I say this now, I did drink when I was pregnant, um, but I, was, um, I wasn't very well, and back then the doctors used to prescribe Guinness. Mm. And, um, I mean, they wouldn't dream of doing it now. Yeah. But to me, that was like, well, the doctor said I can drink Guinness, so, oh, yeah. you know what, crack on. Um, yeah. So I did. I mean, I didn't drink it, you know, massively, but it was there. Uh, I mean, my son t- turned out son turned out perfectly well, absolutely huge. Um, <laughs> and it fit as, you know, fit and well, and there was, there was no problems there, luckily. Um, and, yeah, drink had always... It's just been in my life constantly. It's never not been there. Yeah. Um, so for any, you know, bad time or good time, mm. I've turned to drink. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah um, it's just always been there. Yeah, I really relate to, to this story. Um, just that, yeah, just that feeling of alcohol just mm. always being there and it mm. always, and it, and it being normal yeah. to to use it yeah. or to take it or to, and and then getting into a pattern of doing it every week with your teenage friends yeah down the park you can understand why that quickly just becomes the habit that you're in and then yeah. so when you go to work that culture is still there mm-hmm. but like you you it sounds like from quite a young age you 
made that kind of, I don't know whether it was a conscious connection or unconscious, but it, you were able to suppress your feelings. So there was, there was some childhood trauma there for you. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think a lot of us have situations like that and, you know, where we've had some difficulties in our childhood. Um, and, you know, I was, I was listening to this, I was listening to a podcast with the uh, wonderful Gabor Mate um, mm-hmm. the other day, and he was talking about trauma, you know, with big T and little T. Um, mm-hmm. And big T trauma being something very, at the you know, end of the scale, very, very bad. And then little T being maybe you were bullied at school or, um, yeah, some, something that some other people might not perceive as being big trauma, but you, it was big yeah. trauma to you. And so I think that from a young age, with a lot of us experiencing some type of trauma and, you know, find, finding out that you're, Adopted uh when was that ten, around 10 was that around 10, just yeah. before oh yeah yeah so. which that you know that that that's a really big deal isn't it yeah. I mean that and I think you mentioned as well something there about you you know it, you you weren't able to process it and how why why was that was that because the way that it was kind it of was, given to you I, yeah I think I mean, you know, you're talking 30-odd, I am 42, so you're talking a long time ago, and back then, you know, these things happened, and, you know, they were kind of brushed over kind Mm. of affair, you know? Yeah. It it was all very, you know, difficult for all sides, you know, I get that now, and I can see that now, Um, but at the time, yeah, I was obviously just, I was told this information, and um, I I couldn't, I couldn't talk about it. It was never mentioned again. I wasn't able to, you know, talk about my mum that had died. I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to. It was, yeah. this is your family now, this is... And so from that day, I just had a massive amount of anger, emotion, you know, stress, and I didn't know how to let it go. Mm. And the only way that I could see a, a way out or, or, or not, you know, numbing this that was going on inside my head would be to drink. Yeah. Uh, and obviously it numbed it at the time, but it never went away. Um, so for and for a very long, a long, 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 long time, till I was, what, I think I was, what, 38? Um, I, I didn't eventually speak to a counsellor till I was 38. That's how long it, because I was, it was built into me, no, you're not talking about it, it's done. Yeah. I had all that and it just, and from the age of whatever, 12 up till, you know, 40s, um, 39 I drank, so it, 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 that was, yeah. yeah. Um, I Yeah, I mean, I, I think there would be generations of trauma being suppressed because yeah. that, and I know I, I obviously can't talk about other countries, but I know certainly in this country, this whole kind of stiff upper lip thing, mm-hmm. in my childhood, you know, we're similar age. In yeah. my childhood, things happened that were bad, but nobody talked about them. <laughs> no. And um, and you can understand why we grow up with no tools <laughs> of how to process emotions. I, you know, I, I was so, even, you know, after I had my son and I was an angry teenager, I was an angry even with my partner, any form of stress or anger, I would, I'd literally just fight out and, and, you know, blurt out and shout and scream. And because I I didn't know what, I didn't know how to deal with situations. Um, You know, in argument, I would first go in there and snap and yeah, because no one had ever, I'd never been able to process any emotions and I didn't understand it. Um, And it, it took me um, 12 months of seeing a, a private counsellor to even understand. I mean, to this day, I still don't understand something, yeah. you know. But um, it, it, eventually, obviously, I got, I got therapy. I paid paid for it privately because I couldn't, couldn't wait on the NHS. Um, and it was the best thing I ever did. Um, and I had, I actually had EMDR therapy done. Yeah. Um, is, that, is that the eyes? Oh, yeah. my no. But if someone had said to me, yeah, you know, right back at the beginning, right, you're going to look at a light bar and you're going to follow this and, and someone's, you're going to tell your story from, you know, beginning to end and then back to front and and it will take away the emotion side of it and the pain. I'd have gone, yeah, yeah, you're having a, you're having a giraffe. But I did it for six months and it's the most amazing experience I've ever done. Um, wow. And like, 
I can sit here talk about the stories of when I was little. I couldn't have done that years ago without fighting, crying, screaming, you know, being a nervous nervous wreck so it was the best best thing talking for me was the and it, it took me a long long time to accept that about the talking um but we do you know we say it now don't we talk 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 about things um but yeah it was the, the best thing um I ever I ever did um but yeah just for those of you that are listening so um EMDR is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing um so it is a type of therapy that's uh, done with your eyes <laughs> yes. that's not a very medical way of saying it but just really for anyone yeah to, to look into that I have heard about that and I have listened to podcasts they use it's what I got told about from my therapist they use it a lot in interim victims in PTSD and you know rape victims things like that and it takes away the emotional side or the emotional anger to your trauma so you know the trauma will still exist um it will never take away that you know yeah. it'll never take away my story or what but it takes away the emotional connection to it the pain it will take away that pain your body your, your mind automatically will learn mm. that yes the trauma's happened but you know you can you can you can deal with it you can speak about it uh, without having the pain and the anger or the you know so it's it's an amazing form of therapy um and it you know I've tried CBT and different ones and for me they didn't work um mm. so hence why she she tried this one and it, it was the best thing I've ever done that's that is mm-hmm. so good it, it's um when you talked about um the way that you reacted um, emotionally to situations uh, that really resonated with me because um I felt like for my 20s and my 30s and probably to be honest until I started to address my issues with drinking and give myself some space to really look at me and my life yeah. I felt like I was trapped in reacting to situations that upset me or frustrated me like an angry nine-year-old. I just, <laughs> I would just blow up. I, I wasn't. And then I don't know about you, but after those incidents where yeah. I was in a, you know, I was in a relationship with, with adults and I was reacting in this angry nine-year-old way afterwards, I'd feel so. Yeah disappointed in myself like what's wrong with me why why can they have you know a conversation or express their concerns and and I'm just like throwing objects and getting really angry and and then and then crying and I remember I remember when I made these connections once I stopped drinking I remember when I was a child I my mum who was a big drinker she was like that so she obviously had never learned tools in her life and And she would get she would argue with my dad and it would always end up in a big um teary kind of tantrum and she would be angry and red in the face and crying and swearing and just like zero to a hundred in a click of fingers and I realized I was just mirroring that because that's all I I guess I'd ever learned so yeah it's it's um I I didn't I didn't personally do therapy but I think it's a wonderful idea um and I but I did read a lot of books as well for me personally around how to develop strategies coping mechanisms and just yeah just just and I practice so even though I knew I didn't want to be that person in in an argument or oh. a disagreement, it took oh. a long time <laughs> to get a oh. more to get the version of myself that I am today. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm an Aries anyway, so we're <laughs> we're a strong fire sign, you know, and stubborn as. So yeah, those back in the day, yeah, right before my you know drinking got so bad. If I was in an argument with my husband or anybody, for example, um, and I was wrong, I would still you know, arguably murder, that I was right, and and continue the argument. <laughs> I was, you know, even if I was wrong, I'd never admit it. Um, but, yeah, I would, I'd, I'd create, and I'd sometimes, it sounds really weird, this, but I, know, I mean, me and my husband speak openly about it because we've been together a long time, but 
sometimes I just create an argument because I'd have some anger or frustration and I'd need to vent it and I didn't know how I didn't know how to deal with it so I'd go right well I'm, I'm gonna you've not put something in the dishwasher or you've not done something and I'd create an argument and halfway through the argument he'd actually go Sal what, what are we arguing about I don't know I don't know and it, again it was just emotions or something that and my body didn't understand or that I still hadn't quite learned how to you know deal with them um, yes. and yeah it, it took um, it took I think it what was 20, 2017 uh, yeah October 2017 so five years ago that was when my um, alcohol reached its, its you know um, one of its its it's turning points um and i hit my one of my mate they say rock bottom and i don't particularly like using it but i i hit the the gutter um and again the emotions everything mental health was just it was just horrendous um and i didn't i had so much going on in my brain because i'd never spoke about anything at all um that it just came to a head and i'd had enough um and I can talk openly about it. I did attempt suicide. Um, luckily enough, it didn't. It you know it didn't. It, it, it didn't happen. Um, but only it didn't happen um, for the other party. It wasn't anything to do with me. Um, I can be quite open. I I went head head on with a lorry. I was in my car, and a lorry was. And I went on the opposite side of the road. And the only reason, um, yeah, the only reason I am here is because the lorry swerved. Oh, uh, amazing guy I'd love to know who he was he got out the, the lorry a big massive arctic and you know he put his hand on me opened the door and put his hand on me and he said can I just ask you that you know are you okay yes and he said were you doing what I thought you were going to do and I said yes and he just he just grabbed my phone and he just rang my, my friend and it was yeah I would have loved to know who this guy was to this day but that was like five years ago um and they tried to section me and it was just it was the way it was a very awful awful time and for me they they sent me voluntarily to a mental health unit because uh, I said I'm not going in otherwise and um I walked in and it is the mo one of the most haunting things that I will ever see in my in my life um it was horrendous and a gentleman who was I think he was probably one of the wardens or something he just looked at me when I walked in and he said he put his hand on me and he just said people come in here and it sounds really bad this and I think I'm quite upset but he said people come in here and they don't leave he said you're not one of those people and he said leave Anyway, I literally just looked at the ladies corridor where all these rooms were where I wanted and I just said I need to get out and I literally ran to the security door. My friend was with me and I literally banged and banged and I could feel and I literally had to get out. And we were both, we managed to get out. And I literally broke down outside and I said, I know I'm, I'm ill, but I can't ever, I can't. And it was like a realisation that I needed to get well. Um, it, it was awful. It was horrendous. Um, anyway, I, I, I went home and, and sought, sought treatment and... Uh, eventually saw a psychologist you know and was put on antidepressants and stuff but throughout all that it, it, this sounds so bad I was still drinking mm. I was drinking on massively strong antidepressant drugs you know and that was never going to fix the problem mm. um I was just masking it um you know and I was doing what people wanted me to to say yes are you okay yes you know, and um, this, obviously I went to see the therapist and, and she was great and we tackled a lot of stuff. And she did ask me, are you still drinking? And I said, yes. And she said, are you alcoholic? And I went, no, don't be daft. You know what I mean? And I knew I was, but I just, uh, it was just too much to deal with, I think, at that time. Um, and then, yeah, sort of got my mental health stronger. It wasn't right, but it was stronger um and then the drink was just like you know what not having that I think we'll just take you back to where you belong again and the drinking just kicked in I think everything that I dealt with and you know and it was just like yeah you know we're not having that so yeah then the drink the drinking just tripled and tripled um mm. and it was the one bottle turning into two bottles turning mm. to the bottle and I mm. go into the fridge in the morning necking the wine to literally make myself you know pick up and it was just yeah 
so that was November 2019. And I just said, right, someone's got to give here, otherwise we're going to end up back where we were, you know, two, two years prior to where we were. And I knew that if I didn't stop that day, I would I, I, I would end up um, in a coffin. And I've said this um, before, you know, I've said it a lot. Um, and luckily for me, and it sounds horrendous, but we had we had obviously COVID, didn't we? So November 2019 um, went into 2020, and then COVID happened. Um, and obviously, I was I was at home with my family. Um, I mean, everyone else, all my mates and stuff, they <laughs> they were all happy in the garden drinking, going, "Yeah, we're, we're allowed," and mm. and this, that and the other. Um, but for me, had I been able to drink during COVID? And given that opportunity, and I said this a lot, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. Just, that had been like a blooming holiday for me. Yeah. You know, know, everybody, you know, they're all the same. It's 10 o'clock, oh, sun's out, gin's out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And people making a joke of it, my own friends, you know, and I was like, wow. If, if that had been me, I mean, I'd have been on it. I'd have been, oh, God, this is ideal. And and I can do it and no one's going to. No one's going to go, oh, God, look at you in your garden drinking gin. Because nobody mm. did question it. And it was really sunny as well, wasn't yeah. it? The oh, beginning. It yeah, I remember. Yeah. So for me, COVID was a bit of a, you know, it was a, it was a blessing, to be honest. Um, and having that time to, you know, uh, process things and, and, and you know, whatnot, it, it was, you know, I mean, it was horrendous, don't get me wrong, it, it was not a good time and, you know, my certain things I couldn't, I, I struggled with, but the change, everything, you know, uh, having my husband at home, because my husband works away in TV and film, and that stops, literally, my husband was just back and I was like, oh God, now I'm going to have to talk to you, <laughs> oh God, I'm going to have to have a conversation, I mean, normally it's like Chris, Christmas for two weeks and I can handle that, well, this was like eight months, and I was like, oh, and I'm not drinking as well, so I can't even, you know, knock that out. And anyway, it was it was fine in the end, and 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 it was it was actually good. It, it was nice, but oh yeah, if if COVID, if I had had that opportunity to to drink, I'd have drunk. I'd have yeah, I'd have had an Olympic. I'd have had a gold medal in it. <laughs> it's frightening, isn't it? I yeah. um. I just wanted to acknowledge, it actually made me quite emotional hearing your story, um, mm. driving in the lorry bit. I, in fact, I still feel a bit emotional now, to be honest. I just I just think that it's such a sliding doors moment. That, yeah. um, but I just, I feel, it just makes me feel so sad that you had got to that place. You know, you obviously had so much, so much to to deal with so much to cope with and it's a miracle that you're here and you're so strong to be here and yeah it makes my hair stand on end and I just yeah a lot of a lot of people like say people people do struggle listening to it and even my own family and friends are like oh you know yeah we didn't know and you know that kind of thing I said well I didn't I didn't want anybody to know you know I couldn't process it myself let alone you know and there's not it's not just you know the the thing that happened when I was obviously younger there's various other things you know I had my son and it was just loads of different things I had eating disorder which I've still got um and this you know a lot of things that go on and I just I just hit that point where I was like you know what I'm I'm out I'm, I'm done um but I think um you know the more we talk about it, and we say this a lot, but genuinely, actually, do, you know, do we listen? Do we talk about it? Um, I, my, my friends all, all, like I say, they, they do know, and, and now they're very good, but um, it, 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 it's taken a lot, and we've still got a long way to go, I think. Um, I totally agree. These, yeah, about these things. So, and some days I feel, you know, I write a lot on my, on my page, and I put a what I kind of do I've always put it it sounds funny I always put a, a picture of me like a selfie um 
just so people can humanise the story and, 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 and I love taking a selfie. I'm renowned for it. Um, but I, I do, you know, talk a lot about the drinking, about you know, suicide, about mental health. And some days I do, God, I'm, I'm piping on again. I'm, you know, oh, God, I must be chun- They must be getting fed up and this, that and the other. But, but then I get a message from somebody that will just say, gosh, you know what, um, my daughter's going through the same thing and, and she's, you know, 17 and she's just attempted to, you know, commit suicide she's in hospital but um you know and I know how and I know from reading your stories how I can help her or you know and so if, if it just helps like one person oh, then yeah, yeah absolutely I I think there's so much power in these stories and I think people like you like myself you know we are brave people that is trying to get the dark bits of mm-hmm. life out there you know, a lot a lot of people do feel uncomfortable. Um, yeah. Well, look at how people respond when you don't drink in a party for God's oh. sake. People can't cope with that. Like they don't want to have that uncomfortable. What do you mean? You don't miss? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want to stand next to the teetotal girl. Thank you very much. Get me over there near the person that's necking the champagne. I know this because I was that person because I couldn't cope with people that weren't drinking when I was really heavy in my happy binge drinking world. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, there is, there is um, awkwardness around Mm -hmm. these conversations, but they have to happen and they do help people. And the fact that you, you know, put those stories out there and somebody has been able to contact you. You know, you're so open and you tell your story like you just told me what you went and bought from Aldi. I love it. It's just, you know, but you're so open with it and that's, Uh, you're my kind of person. Sometimes I do that cringe and then I go oh no, gosh. no I don't cringe don't cringe I I, th- I think it's wonderful I, I think you are think, brilliant what I say to my friends and husband now I think because I've had so long of bottling things up and as the ther- I think it was a therapist she said to it she said you may you know you're going to deal with a lot of stuff I think now I'm just like you know what don't keep anything in anymore just yeah yeah share it so going back to that um so sounds like it was a really really bumpy Mm -hmm. ride that kind of couple of years before you stopped um can you was there a specific moment that you just thought right that's it what what did the morning of the day you decided to quit for good look like so um obviously it was November it was that Christmas time and obviously from like the first of November uh, well in my head and anyone else's head oh it's Christmas let's have a drink so it was on I was on that time where I was allowed to drink every day every night no one would care it was it was Christmas it's Christmas have a mulled wine oh it's Tuesday oh let's have a drink you know I was on that so I thought right free I've got a freedom here um and I just I went out um with a very close friend and we went out on um on a drinks, you know, to Manchester, it's lovely, nice meal, um, kind of, uh, you know, love, lovely time, the festival wine, the markets. And then we came home and then, you know, any normal person would go, yeah, call it a day, you know, and we just continued to drink. And I just drank my body weight, I think, in Prosecco and gin and whatever. And I just kept drinking and drinking and drinking. And I wasn't getting that, you know, that none of, nothing was stopping. There was just nothing. And I thought, and then I kind of, I mean, I knew, I'd known anyway, because my drinking at home had increased. I was hiding bottles in the cupboard. I was, they were in the, you know, in the bathroom. I was hiding the bottles of booze in the next door, but one 90-odd-year-old neighbour's booze bin. <laughs> So nobody knew that my, it was mine. Various little things. And anyway, so yeah, that night I just drank and drank and drank. And normally I'd either be violently sick or it'd be, and it didn't. And I was just like, oh, something's a bit amiss here. Anyway, had a, like an hour's sleep or something. And I woke up the next day. I was starting to get a cold. And normally I'd, you'd have that hangover and that dread. And there was nothing there. And I was just like... Anyway, I've got a photograph, I think, somewhere, and I lined up all the bottles, and they, they must have been, I don't know, yeah, 15 bottles. Don't get me wrong, there's two of us, but they were the majority were mine. And are, they bo- like, are they bottles of wine, you mean? Bottles, bottles wine, of wine. Wow. yeah. Yeah. 
And I mean, I'm only five foot three. Christ, that's, so that's like seven bottles each easily. And I was like, yeah. <clears throat> and I didn't, feel, I didn't feel hungover. I didn't feel rough. And I was just like, mm, something's got to give here. Anyway, I had a cold. And I spoke to, um, I thought it was starting with flu. Well, it was flu or something. Anyway, for some reason, I just rang the doctors and I said, I need to see the doctor. Anyway, and I've, I've said this story quite a lot. My, and she won't mind, but my doctor, who's known me when I was drinking and not drinking, she um, is the uh, landlord's wife in the pub where I used to drink. So she kind of know, obviously knows me. Anyway, I made an appointment. She saw me straight away. And I told her everything that had happened. And she checked me over and she, you know, this, that, and the other. She, she said, we'll do a blood test and this, that, and the other. And, uh, and I thought I was going mad. Well, I already knew. But she said, Sal, she says, when's the last time you went seven days without a drink? Well, I kind of sat there and there was like this silence. And I was like trying to work it out in my head. And I genuinely couldn't remember. Yeah. For, a, for me to go seven days without a drink genuinely had not happened even when I was pregnant didn't happen so I'm going right back and I said I was probably about 14 15 and she went right she said yeah and, and, and you know, normally they just say how many glasses of wine do you week, drink a week and you lie don't you I mm. yeah so, always <laughs> always lie you know what I mean it's yeah. like you're not going to tell the truth like no of course not so, um, yeah, so she just, so she did that. She said, when was the last seven days? And it was a joke at first. And then I was like, oh, God, that's really horrendously bad. And then I said, look, I said, I said, I think I'm going to go into shock. I said, I think my body's going to go into, I said, I'm going to have to go in rehab or whatever or hospital. And she said, look, we'll do the test and we're going to, you know, see how you go. Anyway, she just kept ringing me every day. Um, and she had mentioned, and a few people had mentioned AA, but in my head I was like, I'm not an alcoholic, you can sod off. Not happening. <laughs> even though I was um anyway and because I was so stubborn back then and, and this and the other I said oh no I'm doing it on my own so so I did it cold turkey on my own um and yeah next minute it was 48 hours and I went man I drink 48 hours what's going on and I was like oh right well 48 hours right okay well let's see if I can not not drink again tomorrow Let's let's see how that was. So, so it's not three days, and I've got a cold, so you don't feel like you want to drink or anything. It was the odd time when, like, even my husband would say, oh, do you want a whiskey? Do you want a whiskey all in or whatever to make you feel better? And I was like, no, no. I've just And I was kind of, like, curious in my head, like, oh, is your body going to shut down? <laughs> Are you yeah. going to be okay? And I was like, right, well, let's just, let's go. Let's go for seven days. Love it. And I was like... Ah, I'm not going to make it, but we'll give it a go, give it a whirl. But then the the worst thing happened. I think that was like November the 12th. I think about the 16th of November, so maybe a week after, um, all my booze arrived for Christmas. Oh, no. So, like, and I was like, I'd always get these special offers online, so like, you know, apps and you get free bottles. Well, about 20-odd bottles of bleeding rosé, red wine, and whatever arrived, didn't it? And I was like oh, God, well, if that's not a sign to start drinking, I don't know. Anyway, I was like, I can't do it. Anyway, and and I saw, and what I saw when this box arrived, they were all for me. And I thought, that's not even Christmas booze. I'd drink that before Christmas. Yeah. I said, that would be gone. Yeah. So, any normal, you know, a normal drink, you could moderate and go, right, well, that's the Christmas booze, so we'll put that on the mantelpiece and it'll be... No, that had been gone. So I was like, oh, that's not normal. So we kind of just, yeah, anyway, my husband, I think he stuck it downstairs somewhere because obviously he was still drinking. Mm. And he's still, those, all those bottles up there, yeah. they are actually still from three, three, however many years ago. They kind of just, they're like my husband's wine or whatever. And they've, done, they've not, they've got dust on and everything. <laughs> but they kind of have a reminder and they're just like, oh, well, you know, they're there. Um, but they're still there from three years ago. Um but yeah, it was just so. Yeah, the next minute it hit seven days, and it was like, ooh, well, there might be something to this. I mean, I felt like death. Don't get me wrong. It was like, oh, this is horrific. I think you know, I had the shakes, I had the sickness. It was, it was withdrawal. Gosh, yeah. I know. 
So it was just like, oh, yeah, and I had a cold, and I was like, oh, God, this is... And then I, I, I pictured, like, somebody in train spotting. I mean, I know that was drugs, and so it's completely different, but I genuinely, that's what I felt like. I was, like, living this, like, coming, you know, the booze was coming out of me, and, oh, yeah, it was just... But somewhere in my head, it was just like, you know what, come on, just... And everyone was going, oh, you, you won't last two weeks. You went, why are you doing that? Are you ill? Be poorly. What, what's going on? Yeah. Um, and I made, I made the mistake of going into it was only a little pub but it went where, where, where we drink after I think it was about three weeks and I walked in and I literally lasted about 45 minutes it wasn't it wasn't the people were drinking or that I wanted the drink I actually realized that that what an absolute I'm gonna say it dick people were when they were drinking yeah. and I thought oh my god that's me do I go like that yes I do I must go like them yeah and I was so agitated and annoyed and oh you're an idiot you look at you but they were close friends that I would drink with and associate with all the time and I would do that and I went I said to my husband I said I'm gonna have to go home I said it's not that I'm wanting the drink yeah it's hard and it's there and you know but I can't I can't (laughs) I'm gonna deck somebody (laughs) so I didn't go in a pub then so yeah well obviously COVID then struck I didn't go over the Christmas time and it's only other but um yeah oh it's a shock seeing people oh god isn't it because I think in in that situation normally you are more drunk so I I I would always I think I would probably always be as drunk as my friends if not a bit more drunk oh yeah and a bit earlier than most people (laughs) and I I've definitely got memories of going out after work in my 30s and drinking really large glasses of wine um at sort of 5 30 5 45 being pretty shit-faced to be honest by seven and then people that were just finishing work in my office maybe even people that reported into me as well embarrassingly coming down and I would just be flitting around half gone talking rubbish maybe slightly slurry thinking I just looked amazing thinking (laughs) I was the life and soul of the party and everybody wanted to be with me but actually when I put myself in a situation where like you I went out and I saw people drunk not not even necessarily people that I knew I mm. couldn't believe how I could always tell who was the sort of big drinker because yeah. there'd always be one or two people that were just that little bit more gone and that would have been me and it yeah. it just it, yeah it's it's quite shocking it was a right eye opener I was like, oh, good God. I don't like it, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can't deal with that. Get me out of here. Um, yeah, just that was a right, yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to see how long we can keep this going for. Um, yeah, and then Christmas arrived. And again, that was a whole new experience, you know, completely different. Um, normally Christmas Day, you know, I'd be on the car for a blimmin' half seven in the morning. Oh, this is great. First for breakfast, yes, yeah. winner. Yeah. You know, and I'd be smashed by about half eleven. Have a bit of a kip, you know, kind of half eat a bit, a bit of the Sunday dinner that your husband slaved hours over, but didn't really want it, you know, shoving mm-hmm. it in. And then it'd be in the afternoon. Oh, let's have some wine and this that, and that. So, and I didn't do that this year, and I could actually take it in. And it was just, it was, it was. I mean, it was hard because but everybody still bought me Christmas gifts of wine and booze, and mm-hmm. thinking, yeah. you know, that cave, and it was a bit weird. I was just like, well, thanks, but no, you someone, I'll, you know, maybe. And in my head, I hadn't said I was going, you know, sober long term then. Yeah. But I was well, you know, we'll stick, whatever. In my head, I thought, if I say to myself, right, you're going to go sober, me, I would go, no, we're not, we're not doing that. So we'll have a drink. So I said to myself, look, we'll just see how long, whatever, well, you know, I'm never not saying that I would have a drink. Um, completely changed that now. But um, yeah, so the Christmas, yeah, was it was completely different. But it was it was really really good. 
Um, and we didn't really go to people's houses, I don't think, because it was just before the COVID was a bit arriving, I think. I can't remember. Um, uh, but, yeah, I, I drank juice and, and, you know, people were offering you drink, which was hard. But I just said, no, no, I'm, I'm all good. I'll just yeah. not, you know. You know, and they were like, "Well, you will," and and I was like, and I didn't know what to say at that point. Whereas now, I waffle it. I tell, no, just don't drink, don't choose to drink, an alcoholic, don't whatever. And at the time, I was just like, "Oh, I'm, I'm," I'd mask it. I'm like, "Oh, I'm not feeling very well," or "I'm just on a bit of rest," or mm, I'd, mm. I'd be more bothered what they thought of me than you know that kind of. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I didn't want to speak about it. Whereas now, that's completely, completely changed, and I tell people so and. Um, pretty much everybody knows now anyway yeah yeah I think people will find that very reassuring as well though to hear about well just a the way that you approached it um you know you you did go cold turkey and you found your your way through you obviously you know looking back you were good at recognizing the strategy that would work for you and I yeah. think that's that's that is brilliant. You can't get a better strategy for yourself than one that you no. feel no. is going to, no. you know, be your strategy. Your gut feeling you obviously had that sort of instinct mm-hmm. that you needed to challenge yourself mentally. And I've yes, heard that before. Actually, I've heard yeah. I've had people on the show that have said, well, "I'm just going to be in competition with myself." Almost, Basically, it was. It was. It was that. Yeah. No one yeah. else me and that person in you know in my head right it's me and you together come on let's yeah um did you do any so um obviously you had you know the a big event to get through with Christmas I mean there's a lot of people um mm. that are maybe getting sober for sober October yeah. or have just got sober you know a few few months and they are understandably anxious about Mm. Christmas um but yeah I mean my Christmas was very similar to Mm. you in that was always my birthday is actually on Christmas day as well so I would uh, I would upgrade my Prosecco to champagne (laughs) but um I would be on the champagne before lunch for sure um and then would spend a lot of the day in a kind of woozy state Mm. just chasing the next bars I suppose and you know just not really not really plugged in to Christmas like I am now that I don't drink Christmas is so wonderful now it's bloody tiring because obviously I'm you know I've got still quite young kids but it's just it's like a really lovely Sunday it is is (laughs) and I just say that I say and I say to people you know because they get a bit stressed I said, look, it's just a big Sunday dinner with sprouts that you happen to get, <laughs> that no one eats, that you happen to get some, you know, presents if you do, presents if you don't. It's not about that. Lovely day together, you know, just don't get stressed over it. And that's, and, and I could never used to see that. I just used to, it was a day, an extra day to get drunk um, and, you know, socially acceptable to drink carbo at 8am in the morning. Mm. Um and spend half of it asleep, um, you know, on the sofa in the afternoon and then wake up round three. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, yeah. Christmas now when you're sober is, oh, it's a whole different, oh, it's, it's like being a kid again. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? It's it is lovely. lovely. Yeah, and also you haven't got that, so, and I'm sure you share this as well, but I would get too drunk on Christmas Eve because I <laughs> loved a bit of self-sabotage. Would always get way too wrecked Christmas oh, Eve. Yeah. Yeah, so you. I would feel so crap Christmas yeah. Day and would be knocking back the champagne <laughs> at, you know, whatever, half ten to try and sort of alleviate that nasty feeling. And mm. then would just um, just drink, but but almost be feeling groggy by tea time, like almost like having my hangover again yeah. by tea yeah. time because it would just be that yeah, really yeah, yeah. overtiredness and, yeah, a horrible kind of just feeling of slumping about and not having an energy and then but then would have a hangover boxing day but then would just keep going I mean Christmas was just like 26 Uh, would keep drinking 27th would be going to that event with that you know drink 28 and by the 29th 30th I just uh, so over it 
It was just horrible. And that was literally every Christmas for me. Yeah. Yeah, mine was exactly the same. Yeah, boxing day, we used to go for a, I mean, you, you feel a rough toast, you used to go for a massive walk, go to the pub, drink, and then and then food, and then more drink, and stay over, and oh, God, God. And it was yeah. useless. So yeah, Christmas, you kind of, don't get me wrong, it, I was excited in one part of the brain was that you could drink and it was socially acceptable, but then on the other side, it was the Oh God! The it's going to be every day. It's going to be mm. oh the money, the cost of it. The oh. yeah, there is that anxiety, isn't there? I would always get really bloated as well. So mm. I, and I would you know notice that towards the end of December, I w- would have put weight on. Yeah. I would be feeling bloated. I would my face would be puffy. Mm. My eyes would be puffy, and yeah, I would just I. We just feel so really low on motivation and energy and and you've got and then you've got january coming around and it's like yeah, oh. yeah. i it's just yeah it's just so nice to not have that though isn't it no, it's not it's, it's it's nice to not have oh. that beer fear of like oh. i'm basically just going to ruin my christmas and new year because i'm just going to spend it drunk hungover yeah. saying the wrong things putting on weight that I don't want, not being able to go out and just embrace the nice, I don't know, cold yeah. walks or... Yeah, exactly. Walks, chocolates, brews, whatever. Yeah. Just enjoy it. And like being with people and having conversations and remembering them and, yeah. you know, not being... Because half the time I wouldn't remember a lot of people had spoke yeah. good to be drunk. Um, you know, yeah. so... I think when you, yeah, it's something to look forward to, definitely. I know it probably feels, you know, nerve-wracking and that at the time, but honestly, just just try to um, embrace it and just, yeah, it's a special time. It is. It is. And what about, um, so was there anything that you did, because I appreciate, obviously, you know, (laughs) three years in now, 100 (laughs) days in is a long time ago for you, but were you inspired by anybody did you was there a book or a, a podcast or was there was there anything that you did that was your kind of thing Brenny, you on the straight and narrow Brenny Brown yes yeah. she she was massive for me I've got all the books up there I love uh, Brenny Brown days so yeah. dare, dare to lead was one of my one mm. of the ones that I write and uh, read I think I read before actually my sobriety get kind of and that she's just she was just one that I would always turn to and read um and what's the other book um uh, the alcohol experiment is it naked uh, I can't this naked she, mind that's it that one yeah. that was, yeah. so I love that one yeah um I, I you know um my I would read books, but my ADHD kind of brain would never sit still long enough to, you know, I'd, I'd listen to podcasts and stuff, um, but they, they would be always something running. Um, but I kind of, like I say, Instagram, just following people or um, just, um, yeah, just kind of look, reaching out to sort of, you know, sober community or again, and I'd, I kind of followed a few people at the beginning, not many, um, but I kind of, used my own page like diary so again I sort of I'm not into I know it helps for some and it, 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 it you know journaling I can't sit down and do it it's just something in my I kind of do it <laughs> I've tried just not for me um, I'm jealous of people that have lovely handwriting and can journal the way through life they're they're my kind of people I look up to them but can't do it so I used my posts on my Facebook on my Instagram I like a journaly post because I can do that yeah. I can do a voice note I can waffle it on type it out and um, that's how I kind of use my my that was like a diary to me so if I was having a rubbish day I'd go yeah today's a crap day I've done this that and the other I'm, I'm struggling this that and the other and that's kind of what worked for me yeah um, you know I was very open with it maybe too open but I know it worked for me and others others really enjoyed reading it um and and you know it, it has helped it seems to help quite a lot of people so for me that that's how I found it helped my my first 100 days I reckon that, that that's what got me through it was just being quite open with it and um yeah if, if journaling helps for you absolutely do it if just writing something on your phone 
uh, you know, a voice note or, um, you know, or you know, speaking to someone, do that. Um, but for me, I found, like I say, just, just writing on my Instagram. Yeah, yeah. How has it um, changed your relationships with your son and husband? With my, so with my son, so he's 22. So yeah, he, I'm, I'm doing his head in even more than normal. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, yeah, so he's, we've always been, you know, very, very close. He's the, he's my only, only one. Um, and yeah, he's 22. Um, but yeah, we did, you know, obviously when I was drinking, he's, he's seen me at my worst. He's, he's you know, he, he knows it all. He uh, he's seen some you know not nice things. He's seen obviously his parents arguing, you know. We've seen that side because obviously that's what your drink does. Um, and you know he's seen that side, and now he's he's you know he's, he's seen the opposite side. So he loves it. He's you know, and we're very open, and and he knows he knows me like a book. So if I'm having a bad day, he'll knows you know he'll text me or he'll make up to you or whatever. But um yeah so for him I think it's um yeah it's, it's been an eye-opener uh, but I always kind of tried to shelter um the drinking I mean you can never do it because kids are kids and they will pick it up won't they but mm. uh you know he's he's because he's he was obviously he's older but when they were younger you, you you'd kind of um try and mask it but but yeah he's um yeah he's good um and again my husband obviously my husband you know um drinks he works away a lot in in tv and films he's not really he's not really at home in the in the weeks it can be weekends but he'll go off to the pub the little bar down the road and have have drinks with his mates but again he'll only have a couple of pints um and he will have the odd glass of wine at home but most of the time he doesn't now it's it's and he doesn't do it that you know to upset me because I've I've gone past that now. If he wants to drink, you know, and I've shown you before, there's all this drink there in the house. He, he just, I think for him, he's just he's kind of I suppose he's lost a drinking partner or you know. Mm. So, but it's made him think differently about alcohol. He you know he does dry January, he does it, and he's never done that before. So he oh. he did. January the first yeah that first January and he's done it every year ever since and um he does enjoy it he he um he does feel better for it but when I say to him oh do you want to go sober like me he does politely tell me to off and uh, <laughs> so not quite there yet love but he but he sounds actually like that yeah. you know, he's he's a kind of he can take it or leave it type yeah. person he can have yeah. he can stop at two which is yeah yeah which is great I mean it's something I never did (laughs) so So uh, yeah yeah he he is he is very good and like I say he 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 works horrendously you know that they can be up at half four and he can finish at you know 10 11 so he can't really do drinking in the week anyway um and again Normally he's that knackered at weekend. By the time he's had two he'd be falling asleep two or three he'd be falling asleep in a chair anyway so (laughs) But yeah, it's, it will have, it's definitely, I think me doing what I've done has definitely uh, made an impact, uh, you know, obviously on on, on, the, on the difference on his drinking um, and obviously in our relationship is we're not, we're not rowing all the time. Because like I say, I, I just hit certain emotions when I was drinking and, you know, you just, and, and you just fight and just give it all the energy. Mm. Um, and yeah it was just not nice there was some, just some size to you know me when I was drinking and again again to him maybe when when he was drinking that we'd just clash and but now that it doesn't happen anymore it's gone so it's we very rarely argue now uh, at all um but if we do we'll you know have a conversation about it whereas before it'd just be a head-on clash of the staghorns and mm-hmm. argument uh, you know get booze involved but it's not like that anymore so so yeah and we'll be 21 years wed in December. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, um, I, I've just, I've only celebrated one year of marriage. <laughs> we're, we're a similar age, aren't we? I'm a, bit, a little bit older than you, but um, yeah. yeah. The baby when I got it done, got it done out of the way. That's, um, <laughs> it's an achievement. Uh, 21 years is a big achievement, definitely. What, you're not kidding. You're not kidding. How he's put up with me and how he's put up with it. <laughs> about, beyond me. <laughs> I love it. So um we're coming uh we're coming towards the end. Um it would just be nice actually um before we go into what your tips would be, but what what's the biggest thing that you've gained getting sober? Oh gosh, for me, 
I think it's just it's it's getting a, well. It's a whole new life because it's not. I can't really say it's the life that I had before because I've always had drink, but it's a better life for me. I, and I've actually I've got a life that I want to be in. So you know I'm. And people say, oh, you're grateful. I am grateful. I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful to not be drinking. Um, you see things completely different. Um, you know, um, I've got me back. I've got, uh, I feel like I've got like the the, the, the child before whatever happened. Just, uh, yeah, I feel a whole lot more happier. I feel, you know, the, the world is a good place and that um, I deserve to be in it, which when I was drinking, I didn't, didn't feel that at all. Um, you know, and it, it impacted me uh, greatly, um, and I didn't think that anybody wanted me in it. Um, but I now know that you know, obviously, that's not true, and and I am forever grateful to my sobriety. It's the best thing. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm. Don't get me wrong, uh, but it is the most worthwhile thing I have ever done, and I will say it to every single person that I speak to that you know um it, it it's it's hard but it's um when you you know when you get to the other side of it for me it was six months um and I remember someone right at the beginning saying once you hit six months you will feel better mm. and up that six months I didn't I felt no change whatsoever didn't feel healthier didn't feel better my skin wasn't glowing like they said it would be I felt rough and someone said look so I'll just stick with it for six months and once you, anyway, once I hit that six month wall, it was like, whoa, this is amazing. Like a oh. bit of a, yeah, once I hit six months. So if anyone is struggling, just try your best to get to the six months. Honestly, it will be a whole different ball game. Oh, um, I love that. It's so beautifully yeah. described as well. Like all of, all of it was so lovely. <laughs> well, the bit that I love the most is I've got a life I want to be in. I love yeah. that. I'm taking that for the quote that will be on the page at some point. <laughs> um, what would be your top tips for people listening uh, to get sober or to stay sober? Um, I would be, well, to try it. You will never hear from a sober person or, you know, that, you know an alcohol or anybody that, that, is, that has given up drink that it's a bad thing. You will never hear a sober person say that they regret it. So go with it, stick with it. Um, it will be the, the hardest thing, but it'll be the best thing you've ever done. Talk about it, or like I said before, if you want a journal, do it. If you want to post on face ache, whatever. Um, <laughs> that's what I call it. Um, if you want to post on those, um, you know, but speak about it, you know, tell people that you're not going to be drinking. You don't need to give them a reason why, um, you know, just tell them, you know, you tell them what you want them to know and don't, don't think about it. It's, it's not their thing. It's for you. Um, and it's, you're doing it to live, you know, what's better for you. So, um, but yeah, honestly, just, and it, and again, and it's the old AA cliche and whatnot, but it is just one day at a time. It is just one day without a drink. Uh, that's all you need to worry for today. Don't worry about yesterday. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just, just concentrate on you and today. Um, and, you know, and, and like I said before, don't, don't say to yourself, right, that's it. I'm going sober now for the rest of my life, never having a drink. Um, because in your head, it just, if you're like me, you won't stick to it. So just, you know, just say, right, I'm going to give it a whirl. And honestly, you get to that six months and you come back to me and come back to you and say, you know, right, how are you feeling now? And there'll be a massive blooming difference. I can tell you that now. Such wonderful advice. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Try it. Talk about it. Take it one day at a time. It's perfect. Um, if you're open to sharing your journey, where can yeah. we find you? So you can find me on uh, Facebook and Instagram. It's Girl on uh, a Bench. So uh, if you wonder what the, the the title Girl on a Bench, so basically Girl on a Bench goes back to when I was um, eleven, and basically um, my uh, my dad took me for a walk um, to a park and sat me on a bench, and that's where he told me that I was um, adopted. So for me, that was when my normal 
wasn't what I thought was normal, uh, it completely changed. And that's where this little girl on a bench was born. Mm-hmm. Um, and I now obviously want to tell her story. And that's how, um, but it actually, uh, for obviously alcoholics, you know, they, they are pictured as, you know, people on a bench that, uh, you know, with the paper bag, drinking the vodka. So it actually works quite, quite well with that. So we'll obviously talk about sobriety and stuff. But yeah, Instagram and Facebook, Girl on a Bench, you can follow me on there. Always drop oh, me a DM. I love that. I really love that. I think that's has so much meaning. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's lovely. Um, Sally you've been amazing to chat to (laughs) honestly your story is it's definitely going to help people it's it's got so much sadness in it but Mm -hmm. there's so much positivity and power and you are just an awesome human and I am so happy to have you on my show and I I enjoyed it I really thank you from the bottom of my heart oh thank you Thank you. And to everybody else listening, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, And thank you for now. Until next week, goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're interested in being a guest, please contact me directly on Instagram by sending a message to at Sassy Sober Mum. You can also find helpful tools and resources on my website, sassysobermum.com. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to spread the love, please like, share and rate the podcast. I really look forward to next time. See you then.